I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the three-point sniper. One more thing, King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Welcome back. Welcome back, oh, Nick. Feels so good to be back. Guys, I... Man, it's tough when Nick's gone. I tr- I tried my best to hold down the hold down the ship, but uh, luckily we had New Year's. Doyle jumped on to cover this Hornets uh, yeah, amazing Kobe Hornets beef. game. Yeah, Kobe beef. I went solo one day, but Nick's back, and because Nick's back, the Mavericks have a win, and that's the biggest thing of the whole weekend. That's the reason why I'm back is because the Mavericks have a win. All right, on today's show, Isaac and I are going to break down the Mavericks' 93 to 83 win over. The dreaded Miami Heat. We will talk about that game, break down Luca's performance, what Luca's breakout three-point shooting night means for the rest of his season. We'll also talk about the interesting decision Carlisle made to close out the game and continue the starting lineup trend. We'll talk about that. A couple of the bench situations, you know, came up. And so then there were some interesting quotes after the game. Carlisle had a great quote. At the end of the game that we will mention. It's probably in the title of this podcast if I put it in there. I was gonna say, so, did you clip it in the intro? I, I I'm not sure I'm gonna clip it in the intro, but I'll put it in the title of the podcast because man, it's a it's a big one. And so actually, let's start there. Like, so Carlisle Carlisle gives this quote at the end at the end of his uh, media availability, and I thought it was really interesting. He was asked about how this Mavericks team has responded to some losses. They're two and three now, right? And they've had two games where they kind of blew, they absolutely blew out the Clippers. And then they kind of blew out the heat. They're probably the two best teams they've played except for the Lakers, right? Which is just wild. This team only ever gets blown out or (laughs) they blow out the other team. They come out and they play really well. They play great defense. They hold teams to like a record low. What were the, what did the, the heat have at halftime? Like 30 points. (laughs) Oh my gosh. 31, 31 points in this game. So the Mavericks defense only ever comes out super inspired or they lose to the Hornets or they get destroyed in the, on the glass by the Lakers. And so Carlisle was asked about this and about the expectations for this team. And I thought that this was the big point about this game. And so let's hear Carlisle talk about that. Uh, the notion that um, we need to be a better defensive team has only resonated in two out of five games. Um, but I think the players you know, are, are starting to realize that this is going to be a different kind of year if we're going to have success. It's, you know, we're not going to set a bunch of offensive records like we did last year. I mean, this this is going to be about um, doing the little things hard. You know, sacrificing um, yourself physically. You know, to try to get one or two extra stops a game, um, and believing that this is our key to to getting further. You know, and and eventually becoming a championship contending team. Um, you know, at two and three, we're probably in 12th or 13th place in the West, so we haven't done shit. You know, we really haven't. We, we've just, we've showed up strong two out of five games, and uh, now we've got to continue to do that. Ooh, Carlisle with the Dang. expletive. The expletive. I thought that was telling, and I thought that was, 
I thought that was interesting from him. And Tim Cato, I think, tweeted out after the game. What is what is the Carlisle expletive count after after tonight? Is it at three so far know. this season? Because usually you only hear that when he's really frustrated, when he's really hit a point where he's he's frustrated. He tried he uses it to make a point. And so Carlisle says this Mavericks team has only responded well in two out of the five games, and that like we haven't done anything yet. And this team And this seems, was after a win. He said this, this after was, a win. He was pissed after, the whole the whole post game presser. This was after a dominant ten point win over a team that just went to the NBA finals. And to be honest, I love that the Mavericks are are dealing with this kind of, you know, beginning of the season <laughs> turmoil because I think it's going to light a fire under them. I think that Carlisle, I, I like that the way, the combo of the Mavs starting slow and Carlisle responding this way, I hope it'll light a fire under them to show them, like, you guys haven't done anything yet, right? Like, you, you yeah. were in the playoffs last year, but you didn't win last year. And so I think this is going to be good for this team. Luka taking extra shots after the game against the Hornets, I, I thought was good. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's like well, that's like porn for beat writers, right? I think Brad was just like eating that up with a spoon and like a knife and fork after the game when, when star players put up extra shots after a bad night. But I think this is going to be good for this team. Well, in the long I run. think, yeah. Well, what Rick said uh, in that quote that you just listened to, you know, he basically said we have to be able to win different ways. We've said it so many times on this podcast: good teams can win multiple ways. And we've talked about this Mavericks team being better defensively. Can they go from 18th in the league last year to at least top half, but preferably a top 10 team? That like That's when you can win games different ways. And Rick said, this is not going to be the same year like last year to where we're setting records offensively. Like, he even mentioned that in that quote. And I thought that yeah, was that so was telling. That's like, hey, we're going to have to win. Galaxy brain take. Rick's Ooh. tanking some of the offense piss the team off and it's like dang we gotta work on the other things but in the back of his like pocket he has the key to the offense when it needs anyway that's his galaxy brain right there speaking of galaxy the maps are like a starship right you're you're taking some of the external power and you're converting it from the shields to the to the back burners to the hyperdrive. that's what the maps are doing right now they're taking some of that juice pulling it out of the offense and putting it into the defense and can we? When should we get to talk about how bad the Heat were in this game? I mean, oh, we're, Mavericks, we're, oh I definitely want to get to that point because I, mean, I do want to credit the Mavericks defense, but for sure, but yeah, Maybe we'll do that in the second segment. But yeah, let, let's keep talking about the, about the Mavericks for now. But no, I mean, I think you know somebody tweeted us right after the game. Uh, you know that both of the Mavericks wins this season. You know against the Clippers and now the Heat. You know they scored under eighty four points, or something like that. And yeah, that was our guy Ari. Yeah, I think that's super telling that when this team, you know, clamps down and says, hey, we're going to play really good defense and give the effort, then, you know, they come away winning a basketball game. And that that's the whole thing. And, you know, I was joking about the galaxy brain thing of, you know, Rick saying, you know, or Rick tanking the offense. But <laughs> if the Maverick, if this Mavericks team knows, if they just walked into this season it, saying, we set a record last year, the best offense in like league history. We have that again. Okay. We can do that again. If they think that they could walk in and do that again, then yeah, it might result in something like this. But if they come out and it's like, dang, our offense that carried us all last year isn't going to lead us to the playoffs like we thought it could, then we have to really put the effort in to winning basketball games other ways outside of the offense. So we know they can be a good offensive team. Now they're trying to figure it out defensively. And yeah, it's kind of a roller coaster ride right now for. A lot of teams, by the way, there's a lot of yeah, 20, yeah. 20 point victories happening right now across the league. I think that's a separate conversation, but it's going to take some time. I'm not 
I'm not worried right now. Yeah, this season has been wild. I mean, I think every podcast, every NBA podcast right now, and on my drive back home, I listen to you know a bunch of them. They're all talking about how this has been just the weirdest. I mean, this Miami Heat team, right? They get destroyed by the the, the Bucks by 45 or whatever, whatever like that. They get beat by the Magic. They uh, then they lose this game. I mean, they're they're a finals team, right? But they they've had these, this crazy up and down. So look no further than the team the Mavs just played, but. For the Mavericks, this is a great win. I don't think you even all the stuff we're going to say about the Heat in the second segment don't take away from the fact that this is a great win for the Mavericks. Good team win. Um, Luca finished with seven assists. He should have had probably 15, 20. Yes. Yeah. So there's still room for improvement as well on the offensive end for sure. And then, all right, coming up, let's get into some of the things the Mavericks did to win this game to, to come out, you know, come out, I mean, swing it on defense and hold the Heat to 31 points in the first half, and then go on to win. We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac, let's get into some more about this game. So the Mavericks, they win it. Let's start from the beginning. So a couple of things going into the game. Luka has been shooting terribly. He's 2 of 21 from 3 entering this game. And so when he finally hits that first 3 in this game, his arms go up in the air. He's so excited. Um, He was probably more excited about that hit than the than winning the game <laughs> after the game according to his post game comments to Fox Sports Southwest and then again to us in the media I think that I think he was more excited to hit that three than he was to win the game yeah I mean we all know the struggles that he's been having you know it's been frustrating for him and, and you know you said it we talked with Doyle about it the other night he stayed after for however long and shot so many shots grinding, out there on the on the grinding, grinding it out and, you know, I, I thought it was kind of funny tonight uh, a little bit here and there because, you know, we're all like super hype saying Luca's back when he shot 30% from three tonight. Three and, to 10, that's that's Luca. <laughs> I mean, that's what he shot last year, 30%. Yeah, yeah. But so just seeing him hit three when, you know, in his past 21 attempts before that, he had only hit two. So uh, that's definitely a positive. Once he hit one, maybe the second, I think maybe just one. Then he's just like, "Hey, green light, let's go!" Just fired it up at that point, and <laughs> he he got to two of six. I think was was what he got to, and then all of a sudden the next four were just shots he just shouldn't have taken. Just, and then it's like the dilemma, you know? Stuff. It's the dilemma of, okay, should Luca just keep shooting the threes to get past this? Because hey, you can only get past this slump if you just you know keep on shooting and launching the threes up. But it hurts the percentage, and it might hurt the team because you're firing the shots up. Or should he not do it? not shoot as many threes and just get into the paint at will that because that's what he does. And you just kind of hope the threes come back through practice and just, you know, you shoot in three or four a game or something like that. That's like a weird dilemma right now. Yeah. I think part of it is they're in a game where you're up by 25 at times and it didn't get close till late. Like this game was a 10 point game at the end, but it wasn't close for most of it until the end of the fourth quarter, which we'll talk about that. That was an interesting thing that happened, but in the third quarter, when Luca was taking those threes, I mean the Mavericks were up twenty-five. I'm totally fine with him taking those, right? Try to get in your rhythm. Try to yeah. try to hit shots like that. You know, in in the vacuum of is this the most efficient play the Mavericks could have gotten? Those last four threes he probably shouldn't have taken. But in context, saying that they're up by you know twenty-five at times, yeah, go for it. I mean, yeah, sure. Shout out to Luca for not being one of the players who cares about field goal percentage. I think it was at the oh, end of ever. the. He's never cared about that. No, but I think it was at the end of the what it was a halftime or a third quarter. I mean, he was like on the other end of the paint and just <laughs> launched it up. I'm like, hey, well, go for go it, man. Go for it, man. <laughs> He's got that going for him. Uh, this game started off pretty rough. And I found one thing interesting in the first quarter. So 
the Mavericks. Nothing. You found something interesting in the first first quarter because I didn't. Yeah, the Mavericks win the quarter twenty to sixteen. But the one thing I found interesting was the offense was so slow getting going. I mean, the Mavericks they, they just couldn't really get anything going. Luca didn't seem like he had anything going for him. And then all of a sudden, Bam gets subbed out of the game, and then the Mavericks counter that by switching out Powell with Maxi, and the offense just completely opens up for the Mavericks. Uh, I think it was the combo of those two things completely opened up, and so. It's continuing. We have a you know, we have a confirmation bias about Dwight Powell and Maxi, right? Where we're like, all right, anytime something positive happens with Maxi, we're gonna tweet it out. We're gonna mention it on the podcast. Anything, anytime something happens that's negative with Dwight Powell, we're gonna tweet it out. We're gonna mention it on the podcast. But hey, I tweeted out that Dwight got <laughs> I, bored. I know you did, but I think that that's what really started it up for the Mavericks when when Bam went on went off the court and then Maxi came in they were able to spread the offense they were able to you know not have to play against an all and all defense center in Bam and that's what started it going for them they only had a four point lead at the end of the first and then going into the second the Mavericks uh, they they uh they they turned up the defense I thought in the in the second quarter and then in the first the first quarter was more about the heat not being able to get anything going offensively because let's get into it now this Heat team, hmm. they don't have a point guard, right? They have Tyler Hero, they have Jimmy Butler who kind of plays, and they have Bam Adebayo who kind of plays that Draymond-type role as the big man that can pass, and he hits some elbow jumpers, which he was killing Willie Cauley-Stein on those elbow jumpers. But they don't have Goran Dragic. They don't have, I guess, Kendrick Nunn. Like, he's not really even that kind of a point guard. But they don't have, they don't have Goran Bam, Dragic. Bam. Bam's like their legit point guard. Right. And so they don't have somebody running the offense like that. They have shot makers in Hero and Butler and Robinson. And so they don't have a they don't really have an identity offensively. And I think Zach Lowe talked about the, this on his podcast. But after that game, if I'm just watching that game, and I haven't watched a ton of other games that the Heat have played, but I would switch Dragic and Hero. <laughs> like I would start Dragic just to get that offense going. Like you need somebody to be running things. If it's not going to be running running through Bam where he's setting everybody up, he only had two assists in this game. If he's not going to be setting everybody up. And running the offense that way, you gotta have somebody. You gotta have some kind of offensive engine. It didn't seem like they had anybody. Their starters, Bam had 19, but Robinson had five. Hero had 11. Jimmy Butler had two points in this game. He played 27 minutes, and Iguodala only had three points uh, in this game. So the starters for the Heat were just absolutely terrible. And I think that was the story of the first quarter. Well, I think I mean they're they're facilitator playmakers, Jimmy Butler. And it's his first. Yeah, but you know, he's he not it. that. He's not Luca. He's not LeBron. You know, he's not. He's but a guy like. That can I mean, make he shots. can. Though. I mean, he did that a lot in the playoffs. So I mean, you give him the ball. It's. I just don't think he's. I mean, he missed the past two games. He didn't even hit a shot tonight. I mean, he was zero of six from the field. Yeah. Hit two free throws, and he was a minus eighteen in the game. He wasn't he even just, looking for a shot at times. I think, no. I think Harp tweet. I think Harp mentioned. Part one of his, you know, his he attacked the basket and then he stopped underneath the basket. He totally could have risen up and took it, taken a shot, but he was just looking for a pass. He wasn't even looking for a shot most of the time. Yeah, so I don't, you know, first game back from his injury stuff. So I kind of write that off a little bit. I mean, the Heat at halftime, they shot twenty five percent in the first <laughs> half, nine of thirty six. They were zero of fourteen from three in the first half, and they only had four assists in the first half. And then you look at a guy like Duncan Robinson. I don't want to take anything away from the Mavericks because you know they did play really good defense in this game. I thought, but I mean, Duncan Robinson had multiple open three pointers, and this dude's one of the best three point shooters in the game, and he was one of eight from the night. So, the two, uh, yeah, the two teams worked together. The yeah, Mavs, the Mavs defense made it hard for the Heat, but the Mavs offense made it easy for the Mavs defense. 
right? Like they kind of worked in tandem in that way. So they did, the Mavericks were, you know, communicating on defense. They were closing out on shooters. I thought all that was positive, but the heat definitely were not good in this game. Uh, what about some, some more things about the actual Mavericks? I thought that Tim Hardaway Jr., 18 points, three games in a row. That's that's a positive, I think. His dad not even in attendance. Maybe playing against Miami sort of sparked because that's where he lives. He lives in Miami, even though it was a Dallas home game. Uh, I, I thought that he was another positive in this game. When his shots are falling, when his shots are falling, the Mavericks offense is just unstoppable, right? You have, yeah. this, you have that other guy that can go. They didn't even need Josh Richardson to score more than 11 points. And, you know, the Mavericks didn't really get a ton out of their bigs offensively. And so you you have that. And Dwight Powell's boom. only shot tonight was a three-pointer. <laughs> just want to point that out. Um, I'm not going into that. Before I get in on James Johnson, because you all know how much I love James Johnson on this Mavericks team. Live um, Mike. As far as, live Mike. Live Mike. <laughs> Uh, I love James. When James Johnson came to his post game presser, he was like laughing, and you could hear him talking off off screen, and you could hear him laughing with somebody and joking. And then the Mavs PR was like, "Guys, James, James, live mic. The mic is the mic is hot. Like, like, don't say anything dumb." Guys, when when Trey Burke went live on Instagram sometime last last week, they were flying back. I guess after the Clippers (laughs) game, text started going off, and it's like, "Dude, you need to look on Instagram." That was just an incredible look at. The Mavericks team chemistry um, <laughs> on a plane, really enjoying themselves. But um, just some different rotation things, you know. Burke and uh, Burke and Brunson got some minutes together. Actually, you know, they Rick has been water splitting bugs. up the water bugs. They, you know, they played together tonight. I wrote down this lineup to start the second quarter that I thought was intriguing. It was Brunson and Burke, and then Josh Richardson, James Johnson, and Willie Cauley Stein. And I'm like, I like this because Rick typically has been, you know, taking Tim Hardaway Jr. out, you know, as far as the wings between, you know, Tim and Josh, he's been taking Tim out first and leaving Josh and Luca together. I mean, we've talked about it before. That duo, Josh and Luca, yeah. have played together more than any other duo combination uh, on the team. But he took Josh out first, left Tim in, and he took Josh out. Therefore, Josh started the second quarter, you know, with Burke and uh, and Brunson and James Johnson Willie. I like that lineup. And once again, I mean, I feel like we talk about James Johnson every pod, but I loved once again what I saw from him. He hit two threes in that second quarter. I just, I like his playmaking. He's just fun. I mean, Rick had an incredible quote about him after the game. I think Brad asked him just about his impact on the team. Uh, you know, and it's not just an energy, you know, voice, you know, leader type on the team. He actually play, he's been playing really, really well. And I, I think that's a, a a small, a smaller, I wouldn't say it's a major storyline for the Mavericks so far, but take the record out and take Luca's like shooting numbers out. If they get like a legitimate James Johnson on this team, because we didn't know, like, we didn't know exactly what they're going to get from James Johnson, right? And it's yeah. like, hey, okay, we, you know, but Rick saying, I thought it was very telling after the game. He said, I don't think he's a hundred percent yet from that, you know, that October injury. We talked, you know, we learned about it in training camp and all of that. Rick saying he's, he doesn't think he's a hundred percent yet. So that's telling, but yeah, I, I think his minutes, what he brings off the bench as a spark for the team. And I mean, I know I joked about it not too long ago, but what, if you swapped out Dorian for James Johnson in the starting lineup, what would, Yeah. Is that like a is that a complete no? Am I just like going too far now, or like what does that is that just you just shoot that down immediately? Yeah, it's a no from me. And I think James Johnson's best role is 
in that second unit, he's running the offense. <laughs> he's he's yeah. bringing the ball up the floor at times. He's the guy that is pointing people out. He he did have one play tonight where he uh, he cleared everybody out one on one against Bam Adebayo, and then immediately kicked the ball out of bounds. And somehow the Mavs got the ball back, but but Bam other than that, kicked it out. But, but other than that, he's setting up people, and and he's been better as a. I've said he's his, he's the Mavs' second best passer easily. He's been better than Brunson. He's been better than Burke at that. Those guys are kind of score, get my own shot type guards so far. We've seen Brunson in the past be a pass first type point guard, but he hasn't been so far this year. And James Johnson has been that for the Mavericks' second unit, so he's been good. It was one of our big questions coming into the year. Are they going to get anything from James Johnson? Is he just washed, right? That was kind of our big yeah. question. And we had some listeners you know, tweet us and say, he's done, he's washed, he's not going to bring anything. I've watched all the Timberwolves and Heat games, and I pushed back on that, and they're like, no, no, he's, he's done. And he doesn't look washed. He looks like he still has some left in the tank for sure, at least to play a 20-minute role every night where he's coming off the bench making plays, hopefully hitting a three, maybe punching the, the Martin twins if they get in his face again, and he got fined for that. But the like that is that is big for the Mavericks because that's another rotation player that, that can bring positives every single night. Yeah, he's three of seven uh, from three. Um, yeah, from, to start the season, I actually just looked that up. I was adding up in my head. But, yeah, I, I just really like what he brings to the team, whether it's off the bench. I, you know, I was just thinking out loud uh, as far as just I would like to see him play with Luka a little bit more. Uh, just another passer out there that, you know, Luke can play off ball a little bit and all of that. But I'm excited. Yeah, I like his spot in the team right now. Yeah, that, we haven't seen a lot with him and Luke, I feel like. So that could, that could be really interesting. Uh, all right, coming up, let's get into some more about Luca, his game. And he had 27 points, 15 boards, 7 assists. We talked about that. And so we'll get into him. And we'll get into some more about the Mavericks versus the Heat matchup. We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac, let's get into Let's talk about Luka Doncic. So he finishes, like I said, 27 points, 15 boards. And when he has, I think ESPN Stats and Info tweeted this out. When he has, I think, 25 points or 26 points and 15 boards, the Mavs are 6-0. and Pretty pretty crazy. Wow. Pretty crazy. I didn't know that. Crazy stat there. Yeah. I'm going to look that up just to make sure, but I'm pretty sure that's what I what I saw. But he was huge in this game, obviously. <laughs> he he finally got into his offense. He hit some shots. And when he's hitting those shots, when he's hitting threes, it opens up everything for him. His, his inside stuff becomes a little bit easier. He had this one play against Bam Adebayo. He just had him in the spin Oh, cycle. yeah. I mean, he had him on the on the right elbow, basically. Luca is out on the right wing. He dribbles. He's, like, crossing between his legs. And then he crosses him left. Bam goes, goes left. And then Luca does the thing where he kind of, spins and then steps through towards the rim and bam was just all turned out of place and luca finally finished that and it's that kind of a shot and i tweeted out a lot of people tweeted out i'm sure you did too uh that is that kind of shot that a guy like trey young can't do right because you need that size to be able to lay in a shot from the elbow basically and you just don't have that that kind of size to be able to do that against somebody like bam yeah just his his ability to you know stop i think it was the uh, maybe the slow motion kind of Euro step to where he handed it off to Josh Richardson. It might have been that play to where he just does these quick hesitations that for a guy his size that it's just and he's not in the best of shape. And we're not I mean, he's admitted that. And yeah, that play, you know, a couple pup fakes got past Bam. I mean, Bam's one of the best defenders in the league, in my opinion. But it just felt I mean, Miami threw so many people at him tonight. Andre Iguodala at the you know, from the opening tip. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler, I, you know, he had this fadeaway on Jimmy Butler tonight 
that I mean he faded so far and just this rainbow shot on Jimmy. Uh, you know, Bam, you know, Bam had that play to where he's kind of, you know, yeah, the pump fake and all that stuff in the paint. Then Bam had him, you know, ISOed out kind of, um, you know, Luca hit a step back three on him, one of his three threes of the game too. So they just, they have bodies. That's the thing with, that's the thing with Miami. They have so many bodies on the wing that they can throw at people like Luca. But once again, this dude, <laughs> this dude, Luca can get into the paint at will. And it's crazy. And you have, like, I can't help to think like what I would be doing if I was him. Like I would be so frustrated for my three point shot, not going down. And it's like every single time I can get into the paint at will. And if you, he's not getting a shot up, then he's throwing to somebody else. And it goes into what you said earlier. He should have had about 15, 16 assists in this game. Just other people wouldn't hit some shots sometimes. So that's the, that's the luxury of a Luka Doncic. Yeah. ESPN NBA tweeted out Luka sixth career, 25 and 15 game, 25 points, 15 boards, six and oh, the Mavericks are <laughs> in Luka's career when he gets to 25 and 15. That's pretty nuts. Wow. This, this heat team really doesn't have that many. I guess they, they got, they've replaced Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless with some of their, their wins. Yeah. I mean, you lost. could throw those guys at Luka and but, Bam. Yeah, you could throw them, but Harkless was kind of, he was taking advantage of Avery Bradley's too small. The Mavericks at times were throwing, Trey Burke to come screen for Luca so that they could switch on to Goran Dragic or they could switch on to Duncan Robinson. The Mavericks were asking for Luca to have some of these smaller guards defend him because they can't stick with him. They they can't get to the ball because he's too big. Like you just can't steal the ball from Luca if his butt is between you and the ball. <laughs> right? Like yeah. part of that size really helps there. And then he has the ball handling ability and the strength to just get get to the rim and then score over the top. They have no chance. So I don't know if an Avery Bradley has a chance against a guy like Luca. I don't know if you could throw him on them. Mo Harkless has the length, I guess. But yeah, if, if Jimmy Butler is gonna struggle like he did in this game, he Jimmy Butler, he guarded Luca pretty well in this game, actually, when he was when he was in. But you could definitely tell he was coming back from from something. He, he it was his first game back from an injury. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the the one thing that the Mavericks were giving up offensively was these lobs to Precious at the rim. Didn't you notice that like four or yeah. five times Precious was getting these lobs at the rim? And that was even with Willie and Maxi on the floor. Maxi, the Mavs' best defensive big, and Willie, the most mobile, like springy defensive big that the Mavericks have. That is that concerned me because teams are gonna be able to do that against them. They have to figure out some kind of the communication, the pick and roll, like they're they're missing something there. And I thought that that was the one thing that the Heat did that really exposed the Mavericks defensively that they're going to see later. It's, it was one of those things I noticed, and I think I tweeted this out, that uh, that's going to come back on the test later, right? Like, you know, when the teacher says some stuff and there's a stat that comes up, you're like, oh, that's going to be on the test. I think this is gonna, that, that thing is going to be on the test. Pick and roll defense where – and you know who fixes that? <laughs> Porzingis because he's freaking 7'3", and he has super long arms, so – uh, that was one thing I did notice from the Heat that they did well. Yeah, or I mean, it could just be a thing to where you know they focus on other areas of the game and you know game planning for a precious uh, you know alley oop is not you know high up your game plan and I, it, it I didn't kill the, it didn't kill them in this game, but they got it off a couple of times easily. And so yeah, they did a team, against a team like the Jazz where they have Rudy Gobert or against a team like you know the Lakers, I guess where they have Anthony Davis or somebody where they have a rolling threat. That's gonna that's gonna come up later, I think. Javel McGee. I mean, I mean, we've seen it with Zubac, right? Like we've seen the Clippers destroy him with with Zubac oh, yeah. and, and Kawhi picking last year. So that kind of stuff, I think, is is gonna come up later. But 
to, Any more positives from the Mavericks since they got a win, so we can talk about positives. <laughs> well, for sure. I mean, two two things uh, that I'm looking at right now. One of them was my like half theory that I threw out uh, a little while ago of how many games will the Mavericks win when they don't have a second 20-point-per-game score. They won tonight, and Tim Hardaway was the closest at 18. So here's a win. <laughs> here's a Mavericks win uh, that only Luka was above 20 points. Uh, and you know Tim wasn't close to that, but I think the other thing, and this brings it full circle to what we talked about at the very beginning, they have to be able to win games, you know, different ways. And this was obviously more of a defensive game for the Mavericks. They only took thirty-seven three-pointers tonight. I say only, but I mean we're used <laughs> to this team shooting forty, you know, forty threes, sometimes fifty threes. Carlisle you know, they, Celtics teams would gasp at that number <laughs> <laughs> for real. But you know they they hit twelve threes tonight. They only took thirty-seven. You know, and they won by ten points. And I think that that's a telling thing that, you know, for the majority of Mavericks wins, we would have to expect, all right, we need, you know, we need at least another 20 point per game score with Luca. If Porzingis ain't out there, we need one of Tim or Josh or one of these guys to get another 22 for, for Luca. And we have to, you know, be at least shooting 43s a game for us to be, you know, pulling down, you know, wins and, Neither one of those things happened tonight, and the Mavericks won. And it, a lot of it had to do with their defense. And this that's the thing they've preached since day one of training camp. So uh, hopefully, like Rick said, he was pissed off. And I was going to mention this earlier, but I love that. I love seeing that from Rick. And I think it. I think fans should want that too because he's echoing the same feelings that a lot of fans are out there saying of, all right, that's cool, but we're not satisfied because we want we expected – Big things from the Mavericks this year. We want we want a better record. They're two and three now. But Rick's like, hey, our biggest thing now is we have to sustain this. That was his opening quote without a question or anything. Like, hey, we did great tonight. We played defense, but we have to sustain it. He's not happy with where they're at. They want to keep it going. Rattle off a few wins, then they can be happy about something. So I think this they that now they just have to build on it, right? They have to build on it. They have to you know, make it cons- consistency was the thing that Carlisle also talked about in that quote. I only play- played about half that quote, but he talked about the Mavs have to be consistent in bringing defense. And that's why he mentioned that they only brought it really defensively in two out of the f- their five games so far. So Josh Richardson, I thought was, was, is big for that, right? Like he, he's a, he's a credible defender and just adding one more credible defender to this, to this lineup that doesn't take away anything on, on offense doesn't he doesn't give you as much positive as Seth Curry who is bombing from 3 in in Philly right now. Uh, don't look at his stats if you were if you were someone that was really sad that that Seth left. <laughs> don't, no, don't I'll look at him all day. I looked at him yesterday. I'm happy for him. We didn't expect anything different from that. But I mean, I'm still happy there we made the trade. Hands down. The fans that are mad, they're like, "Oh, how did we give up Seth Curry? Don't go look at his stats. It's just going to no. make you more mad." Guys, we love Seth, but he wasn't CJ McCollum. Stop. Like he's, would, he's putting up like twenty points a game like him though. I'm I'm happy I'm happy for him, but I would much rather have Josh Richardson and defense and all that stuff. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. But Josh Richardson defensively slides Dory into that secondary defender spot, and then if you bring in Maxi, that's the third credible defender, and that lineup is what closed the game. It was Luca Richardson, Dorian, Tim Hardaway, and Maxi, and it wasn't Dwight Powell that closed the game. And that's important. When the Heat went on their little run at the end and they got within 10 and Carlisle calls a timeout because he always calls a timeout when the team goes on a run towards the end of the game. He put in the closing lineup. That was the interesting move that I thought he made. He didn't close the game with Powell. He closed it with Maxi. 
And that's telling. I mean, we all have clamored for Maxi should start. Maxi should play over Dwight Powell. Some people have said Dwight Powell should never play a game again, which is extreme. But that's extreme. When it came down to the end, the Mavs needed to get some stops and needed to win. He put in Maxi, and it paid off. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. That's all you got. Nothing else. No, I'm not I, because I don't. I don't want to do like. Let's end on a good note. I don't want to do the whole Dwight Powell thing. It was positive <laughs> for Maxi in that lineup. That lineup is good, and with. Porzingis back, I think you either you either put him in for Dorian or or Maxi, I guess. When Porzingis comes back in a closing lineup, keep Tim out there. For okay, if we're gonna do this now, this is a cl- this is a closing lineup I want. Okay, Luca, Josh, and three Tim. James Johnsons. <laughs> Luca, Josh, Tim, James Johnson, Porzingis. I know. Of course, you're gonna put James Johnson in there. That's the closing lineup I want. Maybe, depending on the matchup, Dorian for Tim. And then you have Luca, Josh, Dorian, James, and KP. Interesting. I'm I'm really interested to see how James Johnson plays with Porzingis because I hope Carlisle plays those second units where Porzingis was playing in the second unit instead of, you know, instead of Luca. Like when Luca sits, Porzingis is still out there. We yeah. saw a lot of those lineups last year. And so if James Johnson is in those lineups instead of, you know, Willie Colley Stein or whoever's playing it now, that's going to well, be really like what Josh Yeah, it's kind of like what Josh Richardson did tonight to where it, it, you know, you would kind of Luke would yeah. play a lot of the first, KP would check out a little bit earlier, KP would set out the, you know, rest the second, start I mean rest the first, start the second, something like that or sometimes he comes back in at the end of the first. And then he starts the second, something like that, to where offsets Luca's minutes. He goes in, he comes out, he he goes back out, and he then he'll check in, it, he'll then, check out, and then at some point he'll come back in, <laughs> but with like some point in the second he'll go out and then come back in, and <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. I, which I think he'll play well with. He'll play well with a pass, a good passing big like James Johnson when and he's checked fact- in or checked out <laughs> when he's subbed in and also checked into the game. <laughs> not not subbed in and checked out of the game. Subway? Like, mentally. <laughs> Eat fresh, Isaac. <laughs> we're not sponsored by them. Don't give them a no, free shot. No, we're not. We are sponsored by Built Bar and Bet Online and <laughs> Headspace <laughs> and all those. Also, DJ Khaled. I don't know if you guys have heard that commercial a million times, but apparently DJ Khaled has a podcast. Now wow. that my job is listening to Locked On shows all the time, all I hear is DJ Khaled. I'm done with this podcast now. I'm going on DJ Khaled. <laughs> Guys, there we go. That's the Mavericks win over the Heat. Let us know what you thought about the game. Tweet us at Lockdown Mavs, at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris. Good stuff. The Mavericks are coming up. Uh, they're playing next on Sunday. They play at the Bulls, which should be a big win. The Mavericks should score like 150 points against them. So we'll see. Let's hope. Uh, let's, let's hope. Guys, thanks for watching. Will James Lockdown. Harden be on the Houston Rockets when they play the Rockets next week? Woo! Over under? I don't know. All right, we'll see you next week. Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom.